It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Joe Dolan, and welcome to the 2023 Franchise Focus podcast series at FantasyPoints.com. Franchise Focus has been something we've been doing for a number of years, and really what what it started as was a team preview article for all 32 teams in the NFL with a fantasy slant. And last year, I decided, and it ended up being a pretty successful endeavor, outside of the fact that I recorded half the podcast with COVID voice, um, I decided to expand the Franchise Focus idea to go to the source, and what I opted to do was reach out to a podcaster, analyst, beat writer, individual for all 32 teams, somebody who covers that team for a living, somebody who is in just intimately close to those teams, and I thought it really went well, and I think people enjoyed it. It gave me new perspective. It gave me new takes. There were some sleepers I learned about that I didn't think about. There were some breakout candidates that I learned about that I didn't think about, so I really wanted to do that again, and I'm excited that over the next six weeks, I am going to be able to bring that to you. This is week one of the series, and What we're going to do is we're going to start with the AFC East, and we are going to go AFC East, AFC North, AFC South, AFC West, and we're going to go alphabetical order within those divisions by city name. So we're starting off the podcast series with AFC East, and over the next six weeks, we're going to hit all 32 teams with an article. Um, Some of them will be free. Some of them will be exclusive to Fantasy Point subscribers, but the podcast will always be free. There's going to be an accompanying podcast, so when you see the podcast or see the article, you know there's going to be the counterpart to that either on the website or on the podcast feed i'm really excited to bring the 2023 franchise focus podcast series to you and without further ado let's kick it off with the afc east and today we're welcoming safid dean from usa today on the franchise focus podcast here he is an nfl insider for usa today he's based in miami Used to cover the Dolphins uh, for the South Florida Sun Sentinel, so he is still very close to the team. You can follow him on Twitter at Safid underscore Dean. Safid, welcome to the show. Um, we're two, I guess, depressed NBA fans. Uh, we're, we're, <laughs> so we're recording this the day after the NBA Finals ended. Uh, Safid is a Heat fan. Yeah. Now, Safid, you mentioned off air, the Heat are an overachieving bunch. I am a Sixers fan, the exact opposite of an overachieving bunch. <laughs> Um, just disgusted by the way the season ended, but at least the heat, you can hold your head high. I can definitely hold my head high um, for a playing team to need the second playing game to go all the way to the NBA finals. I know they ran into uh, an all-time great player in Jokic mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, a team probably a little bit just as well put together as their own in the Nuggets. Um, but yeah, I do feel sorry for you as a Sixers fan, man. I hope Joel gets some help real soon. Maybe Joel comes to Miami real soon. Who knows? I'm just <laughs> kidding. I know. Uh, I know Philly wants to keep him really badly. So, um, yeah, it's it, you know always fun to to, to kind of just have the NBA when when the NFL is not around. But look, yeah. we're doing a fantasy podcast in June 13th. So you let me know what sport is taking is dominating a little bit more. Yeah, so um, we're actually going to be airing this next week for, for us next week. If you're listening to it, it's not next week; it's now. It's um, now. <laughs> but so I want to I want to kick off with a question, just so we can get it out there and maybe 
answer this hypothetically because I know that you you've certainly been speculating about. I'm sure you're hearing from Dolphin fans potential interest in Dalvin Cook. He's a Miami native. He's on the free agent market. Potentially has a new team by the time um, this podcast even airs. But would you characterize the Dolphins' interest as real, as valid, and as interest that makes sense to you? Um, I think the Dolphins, uh, from a team perspective, interest makes sense to me. I would say I think Dalvin Cook wants to be in Miami more than maybe the Dolphins might want him, and not to say that the Dolphins don't want him. Right. Um, obviously, it's a money issue. Um, you know, the Dolphins have a lot of guys they have to pay, uh, Christian Wilkins being one of them. Um you know, a bunch of their own guys, uh, you know, need to get paid. Uh, Javon Holland is coming up. Jalen Waddle is coming up. Um, you know, a lot of young guys that they really used to make this rebuild happen a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we're getting to years three and year four, time for contract talks. And, you know, you go give Dal- Dalvin Cook, you know, a two-year, three-year deal. Um, it could take away some money for some people. Um, and you might have to, you know, have some people walk away. Um, the Dolphins, notoriously, they, they don't do running backs they don't you know they don't care for them well Kenyon drake was a third round pick just like uh you know i believe Devin arcane was um and and so you know they don't value the position highly enough um you know and, and from the years past couple of years it's always been kind of a thing where it's like all right watch out for the running back on the other side but dolphins don't have a running back on their own side and i think if dalvin cook were to come to miami it'd have to be a big pay cut or something where it was a really team friendly deal with a low base salary and just a lot of, you know, bonus money. Um, and I and also saw one thing, too, you know, a couple of things out there. You, you got guys like Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and even the rookie in the in the in the uh, in the running back room there. Um, you know, those Dalvin Cook isn't uh, excuse me. Those guys aren't taking carries away from Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's yeah. taking carries away from those guys. And plus, Dalvin Cook can catch a little bit out of the backfield, too. And with a quarterback like Tua Tungabailoa, who likes to, you know, check down, you know, beat the check down like a hammer. Uh, you know, a guy like Dalvin Cook would have great fantasy value if he were to join the Dolphins. Um, they'd still be a tight end away, in my opinion, if, you know, even if they had Dalvin Cook. But, I mean, Dalvin Cook's a home run hitter, and he surely shores up a lot of spots on an offense where, you know, the Dolphins, you know, need a tight end. They might have some, you know, O-line issues. Um, but he's a home run hitter that kind of, just like Tyreek Hill, just like Jalen Waddle, in the sense that they mask a lot of the issues that he might have that are a little bit more deeper. So the one thing that got me really excited to bring you on this podcast, you had a tweet from May 31st. You were at Dolphins OTAs. Yes, I was. And you were very, very concise. 28 might be a player. That's all I'll say for now. 28, of course, is referencing rookie running back Devin A-Chain. So if Dalvin Cook doesn't sign with Miami, this is the guy fantasy players are most excited about in the backfield. He's getting drafted before Mostert. He's getting drafted before Wilson. What did you see from from A Chain at, at OTAs that would that should make Dolphins fans and fantasy players excited? Definitely, I think what should make Dolphins fans excited is is the speed. Um, you know, four three four four speed, um, and you put that along with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. That's a lot of fast guys on the field for your offense. Um, you know, you put a lot of pressure on defenses with that kind of speed. You know, it, it kind of helps sell the. Uh, you know, the play action pass a little bit more for Tua, um, knowing that you got you have a guy that you can fear with that kind of speed. But he has to become that player, you know, that I spoke about. Yeah. Um, you know, when I saw him making some plays there in OTAs and I said that, um, you know, it's obviously a no pads day, which is important to note. 
Um, and all the fans in my mentions were very, very important to, to note that out to me as well. You know what the same when you're in, you know, in shells and not pads. And, understood. Yeah, yeah, we know, understood completely. Yeah, but, um, you know, and without d- diving into too much of what I saw with respect to the Dolphins and how they're going to unleash this guy, because if you want him on your fantasy team or you want him on your favorite team, you don't want everybody knowing how they're going to use him. But I think he's really effective in space. And I think uh, some of the things that you saw him do in college will translate really well. Um, and, and and most of all, it, it, I think what translates the best is going to be the speed. How concerned are the Dolphins with Tua? I, and I mean, like, level <clears throat> of play was obviously good enough. We understand yeah, that. But, definitely. Um, I mean, they were they were putting up historic numbers. But, I mean, it is so hard for anybody to shake. Um, fans of the NFL, fans of the Dolphins, people concerned about the NFL – uh, we all understand he might be one hit away how concerned are the dolphins internally with tua and 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 protecting him and protecting his long-term health yeah it's a very healthy concern you know obviously tua shut down at the end of last season because of those reasons um you know him you know having another concussion on uh you know christmas day against the packers you know to play again for the rest of the season and that's where the dolphins earning a playoff berth for the first time in in years since 2007 16 excuse me you know, so about seven, six, seven years. On top of that, it was probably, you know, the Dolphins have less than five postseason appearances since 2000. So just think about the magnitude of the moment and Tua couldn't play. Um, and they kept him out for good reason, too. Um, I say kudos to the Dolphins for that. We're not trying to rush him back for a big game, especially against the Bills team that they were just, you know, inches away from beating. I think they really closed the gap on Buffalo. Um, but, yeah, look, the Dolphins have a healthy concern for Tua's health. Um, and Tua's done a lot for himself this offseason, getting stronger, learning a little bit of jiu-jitsu so he can learn how to fall better. Um, you guys got to remember, man, Tua, this is year four for Tua, right? Um, year four or year five? Year four? This would be this would be the fourth year, yeah. Year four, okay. So the year one, he broke his hip, all right? He, bro- he broke his hip, Yeah. played, you know, barely played half the season. Year two, he's finally getting a little bit stronger, more, more of an off-season program than just getting healthy again, right? Year three is last season, and he's got a new coach. He's got a new offense to learn. Um, Lord knows how many offensive coordinators this guy's had, you know, even go dating back all the way to Alabama, right? But this is the first offensive coordinator in the NFL that he's had that's purely offense, purely supporting him, purely, um, you know, advocating for him to take the reins and be a starting quarterback, not, not only just be a starting quarterback, be a leader on the team. Um, and not, you know, not shying away from him, instilling confidence in him, um, believing in him so that others on the team believe in him the same way. Um, so when I think about the Dolphins going into this season, yes, Tua needs to be healthy, of course. Um, and he as a special case compared to every other quarterback in the NFL, sure. But he definitely has what it takes to, you know, help this Dolphins team win some games and be successful next year. Um, you know, I just really just hope for his sake that he can stay healthy and you know, if it is an injury, knock on wood, it isn't a head injury. Um, you know, more important than that, you know, if Tool goes down for a game or two, you know, you're hoping for a guy like Mike White to come in and step up. And, you know, I'm not sure if Mike White was the right signing for them in, in that particular situation, um, especially with their third string quarterback going into, uh, you know, the playoff game for them, Skylar Thompson. You know, maybe a better veteran quarterback would have helped, but also the quarterback market among backups isn't that great either, you know. Um, and, and no team is really in the market of signing two starters and dealing with that situation. Um, so the Dolphins kind of have what they have here. You have 
a bunch of pieces that are really great around Tua. Uh, Tua, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. You look on defense with all those guys, Javon Holland, uh, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, Christian Wilkins, Jerome Baker. I can go on and on about that defense. Those guys are going to have to win the games. The defense is going to have to win the games, and Tua is going to have to, you know, put together at least 24 points, 27 points, anything in that realm to help the Dolphins, you know, not only compete in the AFC East, but, you know, make it make it past the first round of the playoffs. So uh, I want to circle back. You mentioned Mike White, and I thought that was very interesting because, look, Mike White has has had some nice moments with the Jets the last couple of years. There's no two ways about that. I actually had had a cult following, you know, with, with, with the Jets. But I got to admit, like you, I look at this situation, and we know backup quarterbacks important everywhere. We know what the Eagles did with Nick Foles, of course. Um, but I can't help but be just a tiny bit underwhelmed that, maybe the most important backup quarterback in the NFL right now is the Miami Dolphins backup quarterback, given what we know about Tua. What did they like about Mike White that that let them say, you know what, we're okay going into the season with Mike White as our backup quarterback? I understand <clears throat> you might be a little underwhelmed, I might be a little underwhelmed, but what did have the Dolphins said regarding Mike White? Because I'm sure that's a question they've gotten a lot this offseason. Very much so, yes. First, I want to full disclosure, Mike White is probably one of the first kids I've ever interviewed as a, as a writer coming up, um, I remember when he was in high really? school. I remember when he was in high school. I remember he went to USF um, before going to, I believe, Western Kentucky, where he kind of shined out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see him with the Jets, and he can win a game or two for you. Um, but if he plays a little bit longer, the team's got a little bit more time to kind of pick him apart. Um, I think when you saw the Jets play with Mike White as quarterback, they didn't give up. They didn't give up. The guys on defense didn't give up. The guys on offense didn't give up. And it's even more important for the guys on defense. You know, play, NFL players know. And, and if you don't know, here's something that I've always learned is that if the, if the defense knows the offense has a quarterback, defense is going to play hard to get the ball back to them. And if they don't feel that way, you know, they're going to be lackadaisical, lackadaisical, let some plays go, um, kind of go through the motions and not really care. Um, you saw that Jets team. They were knocking on the door. Absolutely. Um, they were knocking on the door. They're probably a game or two away from probably, you know, being the Dolphins and having their playoff spot. And, you know, Zach Wilson's situation wasn't great for them. And Mike White stepped in and he galvanized the whole team. He was the quarterback that they wanted to play for instead of the other number two quarterback that, that got taken in the draft number two, Zach Wilson. So let that let, let that be a lesson or let that be the reason why, you know, the Dolphins signed him. OK, I think they know what Mike White can do in a locker room. I think because Mike White is from Miami as well from this area, you know, has a good sense of probably what this team has been through the last 20 years of his life um, and, and what it means to be from down here, um, which is something that's kind of important to the Miami Dolphins and pe- important to the people of Miami more so than the players who may not be from here and just, you know, are, are starting their career here and, and getting a check and playing the game they love. But um, there's a connection there and the connection to, be, to, to being a little bit of, uh, you know, a local tie helps. Um, but Mike White's job is to, um, you know, welcome himself among the team, make his teammates love him the same way that, you know, they've aspired to love Tua. And, you know, when his opportunity arises, if you can go and run to the end zone and beat the Bengals at home, by all means, please go do it. Yeah. So um, we know about Tyreek Hill. We know about Jalen Waddle. Fantasy players know all about those guys. They're both gone within the top 20 picks of basically every fantasy draft and rightfully so. What Miami last year, though, did not have, and, and I'm not even sure that they're going to have this year, was was really a number three option who fantasy players could say, you know, that guy's going to get the ball. It wasn't Gesicki. You know, it wasn't 
um, Cedric Wilson. If, if there's going to be anybody this year, who has the best shot to be that kind of number three passing target behind the top two top dogs? You know, the sad part is I really I really couldn't tell you, Joe. I really couldn't tell you. Um, you know, last season we thought it was going to be Mike Kosicki, but um, Mike McDaniel is, is very against, uh, I guess, the tight end in his offense, or Mike Kosicki was not equipped to do the things that he needed to do to be featured a little bit more. Um, you know, Mike Kosicki was the number two passing target, almost all almost the number one passing target um, under the old coaching staff um, when he was playing with Tua and when he was playing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, but that's just a different quarterback and Ryan Fitzpatrick, too, who just, yep. you know, throws contested passes and, and lets you make the play on it, whereas Tua was very reserved in the fact that he didn't want to, um, you know, insinuate turnovers because that was his direction from the coach. So he didn't make some passes he probably could have made. Um <laughs> You know, behind two and Tyreek, who else do you really want to have the ball if you're the Dolphins is what I, you know, is, is, the, is the argument here, right? Yeah. Raheem Mostert is just as fast. Jeff Wilson's pretty good as a running back as well as a backup. Um, you know, Cedric Wilson could hang on the field because the other two guys and, you know, when you think about 11 guys on the field, right, you got two star running, uh, two star receivers, you got your quarterback, you, you might have a fullback along with the running back. And uh, and then you have your O line. Who's who's that other guy, right? Is it going to be Cedric yeah. Wilson this year? It could be. Um, you know, I don't know if it's going to be Braxton Berrios. I see him more as a returner, but definitely a guy who can come in and catch a few passes, just like you know, a River Craycraft did. You know, a, a four string guy. Uh, maybe Eric Uzama. You know, breaks out. He, he was a rookie last season. Um, they also have you know Robbie Chosen Anderson. Um, he's got multiple names. Whichever one you see in your app, you know, just you know, if you're going to pick him, that, that's his name, I guess. Um, he's gonna. Nobody's have drafting him, but yeah, that, yeah I, you I, I know, that's that's how I feel about the Dolphins. A couple years ago, man, if you would have me on a Dolphins podcast, and I'd be like, if you had Devontae Parker and Mike Siki on your fantasy team, and they were starting in your lineup every week, I'd be like, you'd be in trouble, right? Yeah. That that was a couple years ago. This Dolphins team, you got Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle, in your top twenty picks. If they're one of your first or second picks, you might have a really great lineup if you do really well outside of it, right? <laughs> um, I think this is where Dalvin Cook comes in if you really need a player. Um, that's going to be your third guy. And maybe he even, you know, catapults into one or two, um, you know, if he did join Miami. But if I were to pick a player right now, I think it would have to be Cedric Wilson. Um, you know, he's a little bit younger than Robbie. Um, but also I would say, you know, his catch radius and the things, the amount of catches that he does pull in, he pulls in a very high percentage of them when he does get the ball. Um, I can definitely see Cedric Wilson kind of eating in the slot this year, um, especially after last year where the Dolphins really hit him. Um, you know, maybe it's a breakout year for a guy like that. Um, you know, maybe the Dolphins move some guys around in the line even more that, you know, a guy like Usama could play on the outside and, and Tyreek's working out the slot or Jalen's working out the slot too. But um, if you don't have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, uh, I would stay away from Dolphins players and look elsewhere. So honestly, I like that that's your answer because the, Mike McDaniel makes my job easy as a fantasy analyst. I know who's getting the football. And, and you know, sometimes you watch a guy like Sean Payton and he's drawing up plays for four-string tight ends. And yeah. it happened with the Dolphins. We actually Ugh. like that. So <laughs> I'm going to ask leave you with one more. Um, sure. Maybe a player we haven't mentioned yet who uh, I'm guessing it's not going to be a receiver based on what you just mentioned, but maybe <laughs> an under-the-radar Dolphin who could potentially contribute to a fantasy team uh, 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 this year. Uh, and and I, I'm guessing it's going to come from the backfield. Yeah, it's going to come from the backfield. And, um, you know, I got Raheem Mostert's uh, backup, Jeff Wilson. Um, you know, he came over midseason from the 49ers. And to be honest, he was kind of a godsend for the Dolphins. So I don't think they made the playoffs without him. Um, you look at, uh, you know, he had one game 
against the Browns, 17 carries, 119 yards with a touchdown. Um, scored three touchdowns last year in some limited action. Had a receiving touchdown as well, you know, against the Bears the week after. Um, I remember when Jeff Wilson first joined the Dolphins. He was one of my first fantasy pickups. Um, I just saw the potential. I think Mostert missed the game as well, and he just got all of the carries and really did well. But he knows Mike McDaniel's offense. Um, Raheem Mostert knows Mike McDaniel's offense, right? These are two guys who've played in it, who've studied it, who've, um, you know, done live reps in both cities now, San Francisco and Miami, right? They have the best chance to, uh, you know, excel in the in the same offense. So I think there's a little bit of a, there's no drop off when you're going from Raheem Mostert to Jeff Wilson. And that's why I like Jeff Wilson. You know, maybe he's not like a, you know, early before, you know, if you're a 12 man league, maybe you're, you're picking him ninth or 10th round, 11th round. Um, if you're targeting him, That's maybe he gets, going. maybe, maybe he gets passed even later. If you're, you're, you're dealing with a bunch of friends who, you know, don't really know second string running backs that well. Um, but you guys listen to this podcast. Um, so I would, I would go and get Jeff Wilson. I, I, I think I'm definitely going to get him again this year. Um, you know, by then, by, you know, midway in the season, he started a game or two for me. And then I went back to my starters when uh, they came back from a bye week. So, uh, that Jeff Wilson would be my pick. His name is Safid Dean. He covers the NFL for USA Today, but still very close to the Dolphins, as you can tell. Follow him on Twitter at Safid underscore Dean. Safid, thank you so much for joining me on the Franchise Focus podcast. It was great having you. Um, hopefully, it's a fruitful offseason for our two NBA teams. I know they're both <laughs> going to be making moves. I, I wonder if Dame's going to end up in Miami. Um, I'm uh, wondering, too. You're not yeah. the only one. We're in a big thing in Miami, too. We just got Lionel Messi to play soccer here. Of course. Just, you know, give somebody a bunch of Apple stock and some land. They'll, they'll end up coming to Miami. So Dalvin Cook could probably get the same package, and I'm sure Dame Lillard could too. We might have something for Embiid if you're interested, Joe. Uh, it's a tough that I don't want to <laughs> trade Joel, man, but I just don't know where they're going to go. Uh, I'm going to go cry in my hat uh, when we leave. Safit, thank you so much for joining me. It's been, it's been really wonderful having you. Great. Thank you so much, man. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.